talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, once again joined by Mitch Stormer. And Mitch, we are unfortunately at the halfway point of the spring season. I mean, a regular season goes quick enough, but this six-season, this six-game schedule, or some teams' four- or five-game schedule, man, it's moving quick, but it's been a lot of fun. This has been great to just talk about actual games again. Yeah, there, there's two ways to look at it. One is, is three games down. The other is three games to go. So kind of a glass half empty, you know, glass <laughs> half full sort of type of situation. So, yeah, like you said, we're lucky to have any games and uh, we're fortunate enough to, uh, to have three more and really three really exciting weeks so far. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. Every week I'm just excited about some individual matchups and seeing some teams progress and there's been a lot of storylines. I mean, I think every year, every fall, you find some stories that stand out to you. But, man, this spring is no different. It doesn't matter that it's not the fall, that there's no playoffs. There's still stories. There's still players emerging. Mm-hmm. There's teams that are kind of coming up and making noise. It's, it's mm-hmm. been great. So we'll dive all into it. We'll, we'll talk about the games from week three. We'll look into the games in week four. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also find us on YouTube. You just search View From The West Podcast. And Mitch, if you're going to listen to our uni, our UniView rankings, our power rankings for conferences, you're best served to go to YouTube and watch the videos. We, right. provide, we provide the visuals that help you see what we're talking about. So if you want to check those out, they're all up on our YouTube channel. Like I said, go to YouTube, search View From The West Podcast. That's a great way to find them. We just last week did the Northwest Upstate Illini. We brought in Kyle Campmeyer from NUIC Football to help us out. It was a great conversation. You know, it's always fun to talk uniforms, but having somebody who really kind of knows, he sees them week in and week out. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. But Mitch, yep. we start every week with our viewpoints. What's the storylines, the players, you know, the stuff that stood out to us? I'll start with you. Give us, give us your first viewpoint from week number three. Yeah, I'm going to start with maybe maybe a team and, and certainly a player that we haven't touched on too much. Uh, I'm going to, going to go with Hunter Hoffman. He's the Dupet quarterback. He's off to a really strong start to the season, just under 700 yards throwing through the air. He's got nine touchdowns. He's got another one on the ground, uh, completing 67% of his passes. Uh, just this past weekend, he was 18-22, 230 yards. He had four passing touchdowns. It was a 44-0 win for Dupec over Dakota. They moved to 2-1. Uh, great performance. So Hunter Hoffman, Dupec is my, my first viewpoint. You know, that was a guy that Kyle brought up last week when we were talking about juniors, underclassmen that have really been making an impact. That's exciting, man. For a Dupec team that was a playoff team in 19, and now they're back at it again this year having success, and to know that you got him coming back, you got Hoffman coming back at quarterback for his senior year in what will hopefully be a normal fall season with playoffs, there's a lot of excitement there. My first viewpoint, I got to go United Township. Yep. They, yes. snap, they snap a 47-game losing streak in the Western Big Six. Get rid of it. Knock it out of there. Yep. They played a great game against Moline. Man, I tweeted it out as the game was going on. They got big-time playmakers who are coming up mm-hmm. with big plays in the moment. And, you know, we felt like they were knocking on the door. We felt like they were right there, and they put it together. They finally made it happen. They get the win. Congratulations to head coach Nick Welch in that program 
it's huge for those seniors, for those players on that team. It's huge. You know, you, you don't want to be the group that, you know, continues to, to lose. And you, you want to be the group that makes that mark. It's awesome for them. And now, yep. truth be told, I should probably make a public apology to Nick Welch because back, <laughs> back in week one, we, we were posting our podcast on Twitter and I tried to tweet out and tried to include a bunch of handles in there. And I, you know, I got through the list and United Township was not a team that I tweeted at. And now part of it was because I was rushed and I was, you know, trying to just get the tweet out there. But, you know, it just, I, I admit, my public apology should have included yep. them. He knew that they were headed for big things and here they are. So won't make that mistake again. So congratulations to Nick Welch and the United Township Panthers. We'll get more into that game in a little yep, bit in our right. recaps. But Mitch, where are you going for your second viewpoint? Uh, I'm, I'm headed to the track. I'm headed to a more of an individual career uh, performance. Uh, Rondé Worrells from Princeton, running back, Absolutely. just a, an established career. He's going to Northern. Uh, he surpasses, I think he's up to over 4,100 career rushing yards now, which is <laughs> just insane. Yeah. Um, and that tops all – he now is the all-time leading rusher in Bureau County. And if you, you, know, if, if you think of Bureau County – that's that's rushing football land right there. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's yeah. historical rushing teams like Princeton, Bureau Valley. Uh, he surpassed a Bureau Valley uh, alum, Todd Maynard. I think he just had over 4,000 yards. Um, so Princeton, Bureau Valley, Amboy, Spring Valley Hall, just a lot of teams that are in yep. that area. So congrats to him. Uh, again, over 4,100 rushing yards now. They win again. We'll talk about it in a minute. Uh, and, and, a, and a big win, a rivalry game, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that in, in a minute. You know, what's really interesting is you look back at teams in Bureau County and it's like you look at Amboy in the 70s and 80s and then you look at Spring Valley Hall in the 90s, such great teams based around running the football again. Then you look at Bureau Valley in the 2000s. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a small area. It's not a huge county. But, man, there has been some very good football yep. programs over the decades. It's not just one or two years. It's, it's over the course of 40 years that they've been doing right. it. So that, that is a huge milestone. That's a major accomplishment. So props to him. Yep. I'm going my second viewpoint. I'm going Ridgewood. Huge win. Huge win over Anawan Weathersfield. I mean, a year ago, they were beat by Anawan Weathersfield 44 to nothing in 2019. Mm-hmm. They were beat mm-hmm. 44 to nothing. Ridgewood, we've talked about them. They have talented pieces on that offense. They play solid football on defense. They were right there. Now, to say that I was going to see this type of victory coming, 41 to 14 over Anwan Weathersfield, no, I'll be honest. I right. did not see that result coming. If they were going to win, I thought it'd be a close game because I just I think that highly of Anwan Weathersfield. Mm-hmm. Credit to the Spartans. They're they're making things happen and they looked really good against Anawan Weathersfield. So I'm excited to see what they can do the rest of this spring. And then obviously, like we've talked about with everybody, using that as a springboard into the fall. Yep, exactly. And a battle of two really good uniforms too, by the way. Ridgewood, Ridgewood <laughs> takes it. That's two, true. Two finalists that, for that matter. Uh, let's see, for my third one, I'm, this, this might be my third straight week I've talked about this team. It might be my team of the spring. It might as well be. It's, it's Rock Ridge. They, they go to 3-0. and They win 47-20 to over Sherrard. Uh, and it's it's like I use the same names every time, but they keep giving me reasons to do it. It's quarterback Braden Deem and it's running back Peyton Lott. Uh, Deem certainly did his part to keep the Rockets perfect. He has five touchdowns over the weekend, 134 yards on 24 carries, and 162 yards in the air. Locke has 166 yards on 16 carries, 195 total yards. So 
big things happening in Rock Ridge. And again, uh, we've said it before, a team that we didn't really talk about. Not to say we didn't expect a whole lot from them, but we just didn't talk about them enough. Um, and they're making us eat our words there. So they're 3-0. and They are my third few points today. Yeah, the, the stats that they're putting up, and we'll talk about it a little bit in, in their game recap, but the numbers they're putting up are video game numbers. It's, it's eye-popping what, the, what they're doing. So credit to them. The Rockets look really strong this spring season. My last one, my third viewpoint from this midpoint of the football season, this spring football season, I tweeted it out. I'm going with the Western Big Six turning into the Big 12. And now, now what I'm saying, that is no disrespect to any defense in the conference. I just feel like there are so many strong offensive coaches in this league right now Mm -hmm. that it's just, it's hard to game plan against them. I mean, Mm -hmm. you start with what Coach Hammer is doing at Rock Island right now. I mean, so many offensive weapons and just so efficient, such an efficient scoring offense this spring season. It's just been impressive. You look at Sterling, what Sterling's done in the Western Big Six, but then going back to right, you know, the few years before they got in the Big Six, what they've been doing on a big-time stage deep into the playoffs, year in and year out, putting up big-time numbers. You look at Moline. Moline's offense has been dynamic the last few years. But now you toss in Galesburg and what Galesburg's done. You toss in United Township with the huge numbers to beat Moline this week. And I haven't even mentioned one of the best passing teams in the league is Quincy. So it's like there's just so much to talk about when it comes to Western Big Six offense that – it's the Big 12, and I, I'm okay with that. I like yeah, that. I'm, I'm, an offensive, I'm an offensive football guy. I love to see it. So, you know, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Well, as long as we're talking about the Western Big Six and becoming the Big 12, let, let's start there. Let's start our recap with the Western Big Six, and I think you got to start with United Township. They come yeah. away with a 49-36 to 36 win. Like we referenced earlier, they snap a 47-game losing streak in the Western Big Six. In this game, going back to the Big 12 comment, in this game, teams combined for 894 yards on 114 offensive plays. Just just crazy. (laughs) So a ton of fun to watch. Mitch, a guy that you've referenced last week, Kane Smith was back this week, ran the ball for 196 yards, and he was really the game-changing run, 84. 85-yard scoring touchdown that gave United Township at that time a 36-29 to lead, and that became kind of a separating factor for them. And you have to mention their quarterback, uh, Desla Gadian, huge game at quarterback. He had 100 yards on the ground and 100 yards through the air. He just looked like, like we said, the playmakers making big-time plays. He made a big-time defensive stop which set up United Township to then drive downfield and him as quarterback led the way for a touchdown drive in the second half, mm-hmm. huge efforts. And man, you, you gotta, you know, applaud the effort that Nick Welch has done to get these yep. kids to buy in, to say, we're going to be the group that ends this. And those seniors, man, like they don't have playoffs coming. They don't have the season they were looking forward to, you know, a year and a half ago, but they got this, they got right. that monkey off their back. Yep. Did you get a chance to read about it or see that game at all? Yeah, I did. And, and it's probably the best Gatorade that Nick Welsh has ever had. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, right. That's uh, right. Probably the most refreshing uh, Gatorade. Uh, Might have been delivered a different way, maybe that he's not accustomed to or <laughs> He'll take would it. like to. But, He'll take it. Uh, we, we mentioned, you know, it was 47 games uh, in the conference. Let me give you a different number. 
3,479 days since they beat since they beat Rock Island back in 2011. So unbelievable. Al- yeah, almost th- three weeks away from 3,500 days from a conference win. So, like you said, that's just something that even the players that are on the team now they don't remember that they were 10 years old. They weren't a part of that. That wasn't, yeah. you know, the, their fault. Um, <laughs> but they feel that they, they carried that with them. Um, and just to win that type of game to play like they have the past three weeks, even, um, yeah. and just to put yep. it all, put it all together, um, and turn a winning effort into a win. Yeah. A, a tremendous amount of kudos to, to Nick Welsh, to UT, to the whole program. Congrats to them. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big time win. And I'm excited to see, you know, where they keep going. Obviously you want to, you know, you want to see the numbers they can continue to put up and you know, it's, it's, it's all the momentum in the world now heading into the fall, you know, you've tasted it. You can see what, what's possible there. So moving down the way, the big game this week uh, was two undefeateds was Galesburg and Rock Island um, at Rock Island public school stadium. Rock Island comes away with a 34 to 21 win you know, it wasn't pretty Galesburg or um, it wasn't pretty for Rock Island. They had some penalties. I think they actually had three punts that were blocked in the game. So, I mean, that's a, a nightmare when it comes to, you know, special teams field position, but you know, they survived and they got the job done when they needed to. Once again, Eli Reese, man, he, he continues to put up big time yeah. numbers, especially now in the absence of Devin Swift, 21 for 29, 332 yards. Cole Rusk had another, another big night. Um, but the big time play, uh, came from Jacoby B 94 yard touchdown reception early in the fourth quarter. That was what kind of broke the game open. And then Rock Island's defense was able to really limit what Galesburg wanted to do. And we've talked about it in the few weeks past. I've been impressed with what Galesburg's done on offense. So for them to get the stops when they needed to, and you know, not every game is pretty, not every game is a, you know, is a flawless effort on both sides of the football to come away with a win. You gotta win your you gotta win your clunkers, Mitch. You gotta win the games yeah. where you don't look your best. So right. you know what what do you see out of Rock Island in this one? Yeah, like you said, that's a that's a true measure of a team is is how you how you look when you're not maybe playing your best. And so if if it was turnovers or like you said, the three blocked punts, like when does that ever happen? So you know anomalies like that where you you can't even prepare for things like that. They just they happen in football games. And so yep. when you can overcome that sort of thing and still come away with a win, that's that shows how good of a team you are. And I would like to get the stats. I'd like to put them together on Eli Reese because he's got to be over a thousand yards now easy in, in three games, probably. If not, he's super close. Uh, Cole Rusk. I'd like to see, you know, his numbers, that whole unit. And again, the big fellas up front never get the credit that they should, but that Rock Island line said it before Rock Island line, uh, <laughs> That's right. continue to impress. So yeah. Um, great win. Uh, and hope for Galesburg, a great effort. I mean, Rock Island's a great team. You were yep. three and zero for a reason, um, or two and zero, I should say, for a reason, and uh, see how they can bounce back next week. Yep. Uh, looking down the way, Sterling, the other undefeated team left in the Western Big Six, they get a win, twenty-eight to seven over Quincy. They jumped out early, twenty-one nothing. So you know, I think that's huge. You know, I think I read some of the post-game comments that uh, John Schlemmer had that you know you take that long bus ride and you got to get off you got to get off to a quick start. You can't be sluggish, you know, when you're down in Quincy. So they certainly avoided that. They get up 21, nothing um, leading the way. A couple of names. We haven't said a whole lot yet, yet this year, David Tessman for the golden warriors, 106 yards on 16 carries. And Deshaun Howard had 97 yards, including 70 in the second half. So coming up big 
in the second half when you needed to get done. Noe Ponte had another good week for the Golden Warriors. You know, he's, he's always in the mix. If, if Sterling right. has success, he's going to be in the mix somewhere. But this sets up a big matchup next week. Sterling and yeah. Rock Island, that's, that's the big one. We'll, we'll preview that one in a little bit. Yep. But going down, uh, actually, just Monday afternoon, a Monday afternoon football special yeah. with the Easter weekend coming in here. Geneseo gets the win over Allman, 32-21. Man, big credit to the Maple Leafs. They've struggled mm-hmm. early, in the, early in the season, and we talked about them trying to maybe figure out their offensive identity. And I don't know how far they've advanced as far as, like, the spread and implementing it, but – they come away. They were down 21-11 at the half against Alleman. They are led in the second half with three touchdowns from Bruce Moore, running back on the ground, leads the way. They rally to win 32-21. So this mm-hmm. is what seems like, without seeing the game highlights, Geneseo is doing what they do. They went to the ground a little more. They trusted their running back. Yep. Either way, regardless of how you get it done, man, Geneseo needed this victory. Yeah, like you said, if you're going through, and we talked about it on a couple episodes ago, if you're going through an offensive philosophy change, it's going to take time. And that's really a good thing about this spring session, if, if that's really the, the struggle that Genesee was going through. I, you know, I don't want to speak for the team or, or say any, or give any excuses for them, but this is perfect if you're in that sort of predicament. So good to see them finally get a win uh, against Alleman. Uh, and I sent you a picture, Greg. They wore all white. It was a great look. I did notice that, actually, and I had to do a double take like, oh, okay, there's Geneseo yeah. with the all-whites there. Yeah, yep. it, I'm telling you, you can't you – can't, we're getting into uniform talk here, but Geneseo just has the – the striping is all right and the helmet's perfect and the, they, do it, yep. they do it well. That's, and there's, that's, there's things – and this could go for any team. It's just <laughs> when you see like a, a game at, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, it just feels like playoff football. It just has a different like shine. It just, yeah. you know – just looks different, so oh, maybe those, that has something to do with it, too. The photos I saw, those uniforms popped. Yeah, they looked, yeah. They looked really good. So, yep. well, let's, let's move down the way here. Let's move into the Three Rivers. Mitch Princeton gets the huge mm-hmm. win over their rival, Kiwani, in a trophy game, which we always yeah. appreciate the trophy games. Princeton gets away with a, comes away with a 43-7 to win. What did you see in this one from the Tigers? Yeah, well, I – Spoke about a second ago, Rondé Worlds. I mean, you're, you know, always, <laughs> that's always a good uh, option to have when you're playing. Absolutely. Um, and, and Princeton continues to roll. They go to 3 0. Just some more background on this game. Again, like you said, it is a traveling trophy. Um, at one time, before Kiwani and Princeton were in separate conferences, it was the longest standing rivalry game in Illinois. First game was played in 1897. This was the 100 and what is it, 122nd game? I believe they said the 122nd. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I think they're missing out on giving that trophy a name because I, I couldn't find one. Um, but it, it stays it stays with Princeton uh, another year, and uh, Kiwani is going to be trying to get the thing back next year for sure, or I should say later this year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess for anybody in uh, Kiwani or Princeton listening to this, if if they know, is there a name to that trophy? The, the View from the West podcast needs to know these things because we're yeah. going to get to it here. We might as well jump right to it right now. You know – the only other trophy game in the area has been the wooden shoe, mm-hmm. which is likely going to go away after this year because Fulton yeah. is going to the NUIC. So we'll jump down and talk about Fulton. They come away with a big 49 to six win over Riverdale. Mitch, it's the same names that we've mentioned the last couple yep. weeks. It's Kyler Pessman, Connor Barnett, 
and it's Ethan Rash. It's, you know, yep. the same names week in and week out. They've done it for Fulton. They looked really good again in a big win over Riverdale. Yeah, I think Pestman had like 155 yards or something. I, I think one of the local uh, uh, shows, either the zone or, or the score, had, had him up for their athlete of the week. So a big day for them. I think if I'm remembering right, this is only their second game, and they put up 40 both times. So yeah. Fulton really looks good. Um, and, yeah, it's going to set up a game that, like you said, is one of the more traditional rivalries in the area, has a traveling trophy. I've had the pleasure of holding it. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, and and we'll, we'll jump to Morrison in a minute, but maybe a surging Fulton team against maybe a reeling Morrison team. So you, you want to have that trophy if, like you said, it is the last time they play for, for a while. Yeah, we'll get to that preview in a minute here. But Newman uh, gets the win 14-7 over Morrison. That was a great defensive battle. I give yeah. a lot of credit to Morrison. They hung around in this game. And, man, this was just a hard-fought football game on both sides of the ball. Newman offense executed exactly the way that you'd expect that they would. Right. They went to the ground. They wore down the clock. They really limited Morrison's possessions. And, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, if you don't have the football, if you're not on offense, you're going to struggle to score. So right. that's what Newman does best. That's their calling card. Yeah. And they really stuck to it this week. But, like I said, a lot of credit to Morrison – because there were some question marks, I think, heading into this spring with as much as they graduated. To give mm -hmm. Newman this type of game, I, I think, speaks volumes to Coach Otting and what he's doing there to have his yep. kids right in the hunt. Um, a couple of big performers, um, Andrew Velasquez for Newman, 92 yards, two touchdowns. You know, that's, again, that, that Newman-like effort from a running back, you know, coming mm -hmm. away with the yardage and the touchdowns. Um, Nathan Helms for Morrison, 130 yards passing. So, you know, he was, you know, doing what he had to do, trying to, you know, trying yeah. to be effective through the air and just a defensive battle. They, they, they come up a possession short. Yeah. If you, if you went and looked back in, in the history of, of this rivalry, especially when both teams are good, you know, we, especially recently there's been Morrison has had some down years uh, due to numbers and, and such, but a 14 to seven game, that's a Morrison Newman game. Like either, either you're, way, whoever wins, that's a, that's a Morrison Newman. Score. You're right. Yep. You're um, right. So yeah, kudos to Newman. They, they continue rolling. Morrison's now lost two straight. And as we talked about, they get Fulton next week um, who looks really good on offense, but they're going to want to keep that trophy. I'm telling you, they're going to want to have it. It's huge. Yeah, it's huge. We'll, we'll get there in a minute, but that that's going to be a fun one. Uh, another team we've talked about, you know, Mitch, one of your viewpoints from this week, Rockridge gets the win over Sherrard, 47 to 20. Rockets moved to 3-0, and over 500 yards on offense. Man, Mitch, this team is – this offense is rolling. They are so yeah. effective right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, what more can be said about them? It, it just, it's just – it's impressive. Um, I don't know what year Braden Deem is. I know Peyton Locke is a sophomore, so he's okay. definitely coming back. Um, I think and, Deem's and, a junior, I believe. Is he? So, yeah, yeah. If, you, if you bring that back in the, in the fall, look out, like in – in the entire conference lookout for Rock Ridge and even beyond. They were almost a playoff team in 19. A couple close losses only kept them out. Um, but if, if they got those guys back and everything else, especially their defense, look out for the Rockets because they're just going to keep rolling. It's not only here in the spring, but into the fall. Yep, absolutely. Go over a few other games here in the track. Orion gets their first win of this spring season, 13-8 to over Monmouth-Roseville. This is a great game. Monmouth-Roseville led 8-7 into the fourth quarter. Credit to Orion, 19-yard touchdown pass from Jared Moore 
to Quinn Hoftender for the go-ahead touchdown. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talked about Oregon struggled. They've been trying to figure things out. This is big for their program to get this win, build a little confidence among some of those kids. Um, Looking down the way, St. Bede is a winner 24 to 21 over Erie Prophetstown. Spring Valley Hall is a winner 26 to seven over Bureau Valley. That's the first win for Red Devil head coach, Nick Greeny. So congrats to them. Congrats to the Red Devils. Looking down the list to the Lincoln Trail Conference, the game we talked about earlier, Ridgewood with the big win, 41 to 14 over Anawan Weathersfield. Mm-hmm. I thought that Anawan Weathersfield and Ridgewood would be a good game. I thought that Ridgewood could win it. I did not see this coming. I mean, they yeah. just played near perfect, if not perfect football on both sides of the ball. I knew how much potential they have on offense, but it was their defense that stepped up right away. They grabbed a turnover on the opening drive that Anawan Weathersfield had. They capitalized that into points, and then they just kept rolling from there. Uh, DJ Van Houten scored three rushing touchdowns, all from short yardage. So for this offense to have him able to, you know, bang it in from short yardage, that really complements what they do through the air. Colton Stahl has been a great quarterback for Ridgewood. He had two more touchdowns. And, man, the weapons he has, Lucas Aldhouse and Lucas Kessinger, they're just – this is a dangerous offense all the way around. And we talked about a week ago, Kessinger had what would have been a go-ahead game-winning potential touchdown called off because they said he stepped out of bounds. He made another couple great catches in this game. So kind of redeems himself a little bit. I'm just, yeah. I'm really happy for Ridgewood for coach right. Bruce Redding to get this win. Like this is a program changing potentially win. Yeah. Well, you, you said the key word there was redemption. They lost 44 to nothing in 2019. Yeah. And Richard yeah. was a, Richard was a playoff team in 2019. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. That was just, you know, Anawan being really good that year and maybe Ridgewood had an off day. But talk about turning things around and almost completely flipping the script. So, yeah, congrats to the Spartans. Great win um, and and good for them moving forward. Yeah, let's keep moving down the list here. Mercer County gets the win 36-20 to over United. So nice effort from the Golden Eagles. They lost in week one to Princeville, and now they've Mm -hmm. bounced back with two wins. So they're sitting at two and one. Star County gets their first win of the season over Mid-County, 22-14. to I think Star County's starting to get their full roster back. They're starting to look a little better now. And Princeville, they remain undefeated. They get the win over Ottawa Marquette. Um, another future LTC team, Knoxville, with the big win down at Macomb, 48 to nothing. So, you know, nice win there. Let's flip to the Northwest Upstate Illini. Um, we'll start with Aquin. They get the four, they get the 40 to 14 win over Milledgeville. This is a pair of undefeated teams heading in Milledgeville was down 12, nothing early in this one, but they kept it close. They rallied back to make it 14, 12. They took a lead. Aquin would answer just before the half to make it 19, 14, but then they really, Aquin really turned it on in the second half. And I think really wore down a Milledgeville defense just because yeah. there's so much offensive you know firepower from Aquin right I, you know I think they finally showed through there uh Ty Steichel a guy we've mentioned in the past stepped up he had a big game once again Will Gustafson had a big game but on the other side I want to mention for Milledgeville uh Daniel Lonis he had a passing touchdown a receiving touchdown and he had a strip sack fumble recovery that set up one of the Milledgeville touchdowns so big effort 
from a Milledgeville missile there on both sides of the football, defense and offense. But just a great football game. The final score I don't think quite indicates kind of what this game was on both sides. Yeah, but but I think what it does is validate how good Aquin is. You're right. Like, yep. I don't think they're ranked as high as they should be um, because they have not been slowed down. That entire attack, like you said, uh, Stifle and Gustafson, obviously on the offense. Yep. Literally every one of their players on defense. So um, another impressive look for Aquin. Uh, and Millsville again, they were two and zero for a reason. They're gonna they're gonna bounce right back. They showed a lot of heart in this one. Um, so yeah, great game. And uh, looking forward to uh, what both teams do the rest of the spring. Yep, we'll keep moving down the way here in the um, Northwest Upstate Illini. Dupec with the huge win, forty-four to nothing. You know, you talked a little bit about Dupec in your viewpoints earlier, but Mitch, what do you see from them? What, what are they doing right now? They are rolling. Yeah, well, Hunter Hoffman is obviously. Uh, going to be leading the charge on the offensive side and he's got a slew of, of of weapons that he obviously relies on um as they move to two and one but i want to give you some numbers here on on defense from this game specifically all right uh, and, and again they, they went 44 nothing over dakota dakota it might be having a down year due to numbers but historically uh, i don't know if they've ever lost by that much in, in a, in a game. <laughs> yeah dupex defense wearing the gold jerseys mind you i saw that yeah uh 65 yards allowed only four first downs allowed two forced fumbles they recovered them both they had an interception and a safety so the Rivermen just yeah they they took absolute complete control of this game um and they just keep rolling yeah I mean they've looked impressive we've talked about them a lot but to see to hear those numbers on both sides of the football that that's impressive. They're they're a yep. good they're a good three A football team, and they're in the smaller conference. So I don't know if they always get the love amongst like the three A polls like around the state. But man, they are a good football team, and they're definitely mm-hmm. a team to watch heading into the fall. Let's keep yep. moving down the list. Another team that always is you know on everybody's radar. Lena Winslow gets the thirty two to twelve win over East Dubuque. Uh, Jack Cedarstrom, who we talked about in weeks past. He had uh, 106 yards. Ethan Fye also had 62 yards on the ground. So Lee Wynn continues to do what they've been doing. Um, they're only lost this year coming to 3A Princeton, a very good 3A Princeton team. Um, another game, maybe the best game of the week on the western side of the state, Galena gets the 14-8 win over Orangeville. Galena's Peyton Bauer scores with less than a minute left. That puts them up 14-8. to just a great win against a quality, a really good opponent in uh, Orangeville. So they moved to 3-0. and So really impressive yep. what uh, Galena's been doing this year. Let's keep moving down the list. EPC, Eastland Pearl City, 44 to nothing over West Carroll. Forreston, 38-6 over Amboy. And Stockton gets the win 44-20 over Rockford Christian. In eight-man football, River Ridge gets the win 42-8 over Hiawatha. And West Central, the Heat, get the win 42-6 to over Polo. Mitch, this West Central team just moved from the Lincoln Trail down to eight-man football for this mm-hmm. spring and then obviously moving forward into the fall. They've looked really impressive so far. I need to dive – we need to dive a little more into them and kind of read what's going on with them because I think that yeah. they're, a, they're a dynamic eight-man team, I think. Yeah, and I, and I think you will probably, you know – 
you could say it's unfortunate that we might see some more teams that have to drop down to eight man football. Yeah. But I don't think that's all that bad of a, th- bad of a thing, especially if you look at what West Central's done or even in any of these other teams that are, that have had to do that. Um, it's an exciting brand of football. And I think when, when you figure out how to do it and you have personnel like that, that you're used to playing 11 man, you drop it down to eight, you can really get good results. So yeah, kudos to West Central. Um, and in any team that, might be in the same sort of vein or same sort of situation. Look right there because they are a great example of what can be done. Yeah, well, I mean, I look at a team like Milledgeville that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. They're having success this year, and they're moving down to eight-man come this fall. So I think right. that's a team that you could look at like, okay, numbers won't be as big of a concern moving forward. Right. They really might be able to capitalize on the, on the eight-man yep. game. So, all right, Mitch, we're moving ahead. It's week four. Yep. We got games yep. to preview. We got games to talk about. A lot of exciting matchups. I just, man, I can't believe that this is some teams last week, right? Potentially. Yeah, it could be depending on, on what, when what they schedule they. Some, yeah. Some teams maybe not have played week one. So yep. um, they might be playing their third game or maybe their fourth. So, so yeah, you're now that we've gone over the hill, we're on the down <laughs> slope now. So glass um, half full glass, half empty, right? Yeah, That's right. what we said to you start it. it. So it's, yeah. we'll say it's glass half full. It's been good right. football so far and we still got half of it left. That's right. Um, so yeah, it's just kicking things off in week four in the Lincoln trail, uh, team, you just talked about Mercer County, they're playing at mid County. Uh, so the, the Eagles trying to get to three and one there, uh, Princeville, uh, maybe a surprise team of the spring. Uh, They've been tough the last two years, but I feel like the farther they being so close to Peoria, I feel like we always kind of forget about them on the Western side because TV doesn't cover them. Peoria TV covers them. So the quad cities Mm -hmm. don't follow them. So, yeah, I think that's a team that kind of flies under the radar for us sometimes. Yeah, well, they're, they're traveling up, up to, uh, to Monmouth to take on United uh, and then to round out that conference for, for the week at Stark County against Weathersfield. So three good matchups there. Um, if we missed anybody, I'm going off of the IHSA website, so sorry to any coaches or teams if, if you're – I think Marquette, it'll be, it'll be a game with Marquette. So whoever, whoever we didn't okay. mention there would be the – Yeah, they, would be the IHSA one. has – I just say has not updated their website for anyone who is, is wondering. So with, with many moving parts in this spring session, we, uh, we may see. not have the games as, as accurate as we'd like. Yeah. It's Ridgewood at auto Marquette. Okay. So Ridgewood looking to build off of the huge win, man, that's, I tell you what, if you're Ottawa Marquette, that's the last thing you want to see is right. Anwan Weathersfield, the team that already beat you. If you're Marquette, then you're seeing Ridgewood, who just blows past Anwan Weathersfield. So it's like, yeah, that's that's a daunting task for Marquette. But man, Ridgewood looks, yeah, they look like the real deal. They look like they've really put things together. Yep. If we move further north, Greg, to the northwest upstate Illini, uh, at least in the north, uh, Dupac, a team that we've talked about that is just seeming to be clicking on all cylinders. They're going to Orangeville. That game's on Saturday. Uh, Freeport-Aquin, again, another team that we talked about that's firing on all cylinders. They're, they're playing host to East Dubuque. Uh, traditionally, probably a game that is circled on a lot of calendars every year, traditionally, Lena uh, is going to play Dakota this week. That's at Harlem High School. Um, and then this, this is one that I, that I would circle for, for a game that I'm interested in this week. It's Stockton um, going up against undefeated Galena, but they're playing in Hazel Green, Wisconsin on Saturday. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know the rhyme or the reason. Um, but uh, yeah, Stockton's going to try and keep their their winning ways going and stop Galena's winning ways from from happening. Yeah, that's one that stands out to me to see if Galena can keep things moving. The other one that stands out to me is uh, 
Dupec and Orangeville. Mm-hmm. That, you know, two programs that are trending in the right direction. That, that's a really interesting matchup. That should be a really good game as well. Yeah, or- Orangeville's record, I think they're one and two. That does not reflect how good they are. They've played tough teams, um, and so they're, they're going to try and write that, write that here uh, against Dupec. Yep, absolutely. If we, if we go to the south, the other side of that conference, uh, Forreston's going to travel to AFC, Ash and Franklin this week. Uh, Milledgeville going to try and avenge that last loss this week to uh, an EPC team that, like you said, won 44 nothing. Uh, and then West Carroll gets back on the field. They're going to Amboy, um, and that wraps up uh, the NUIC. Yeah, I'm curious to see what, um, you know, Eastland Pearl City coming off the huge win, going up against Milledgeville, who's obviously a, a good football team. We've seen it, but they just, you know, fell to Aquin. So can they bounce back? That's one that kind of stands out to me. That's one I'd like to look for. What do we got? What do we got moving down the list? Yeah, well, we'll go to we'll go to the track now. Um, a game that we we had talked about, Fulton and Morrison, probably highlights the conference. Yep. Um, a resurgent Fulton team against, uh, I think I said earlier, maybe a, a, a reeling Morrison team. So interesting to see that that game is at Morrison. So um, let's see who takes home the wooden shoe because that's, as I said, that's a cool trophy. So um, both teams are going to want to have their hands on that thing at the end of the game. So um Mitch, also in the yeah go ahead. I was gonna say this is potentially the last time this trophy changes hands at least for the yeah. foreseeable future like Fulton moves to the northwest upstate Illini and man knowing that that trophy game isn't gonna happen that that hurts man that hurts my soul yeah. I want that game every year I want to go to that game yeah if you've if you've never seen it or anyone who's listening has never seen it you can you can google search it and I don't I don't remember what the correct phrase would be to look for, but you can find pictures of it because it is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, you just have to see it for yourself because it's one of the more, like we said, there's not a whole lot of traveling trophy games anymore. Yeah. There's not a trophy that looks like that. So it's, it's uh, like a, it's a plaque. It's like a wooden plaque, yeah. a big, you know, yeah. rectangle plaque with a wooden shoe with literally a wooden, wooden shoe. Yeah, yeah. It's an actual wooden <laughs> shoe on the, you know, on the trophy. And man, every year they, if, when that game was happening, I wanted to be there. I wanted to get that shot, that shot of video on the sideline of that trophy yep. hanging out there. So um, yep. it's awesome. So I think the thing now is we need to probably petition to get Morrison to move over to the NUIC at some point, which I know sounds like blasphemy, yeah. but man, it just, right. I, it yeah, could be a good yeah, fit. It's, yeah. It's just, you know, it's uh, natural progression, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's, you know, some things that are out of everyone's out of hand. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that is a move that they make. Um, you know, there was always, there's always been since going back way back, you know, talks of co-ops and and you hear about that with small schools all the time. There's always been talks of co-ops between these two teams. So you you just, you never know. Um, yeah. So you don't want to speculate at all, but yeah, you hate to see that rivalry come to an end. Nothing you can do about it, but maybe like you said, maybe it'll come back in just in a different form. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that, that's going to be a huge game. That's one I'm definitely watching. But what else we got in the Three Rivers? Uh, in, the, in the Rock, the other one is uh, Rock Ridge looking to go to Forno. They're taking on Riverdale. Uh, the IHSA site says that's at Rock Island. Don't quote me on that. If, if, you're, if you're a Rock Ridge fan, don't go to Rock Island until you double-check that. Um, on the other side of the conference in the Mississippi, Erie Prophet sounds going to Bureau Valley. That's games on Saturday. Uh, Prue St. Bede is coming up to Newman. That's also a Saturday game. Uh, Princeton. They are going to go to Orion. Sherrard is going to Monmouth. And Kiwani will play host to Spring Valley Hall. So 
uh, good matchups throughout that conference. But like we said, Fulton Morrison highlights it. Yeah. Fulton Morrison highlights it. And then, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm curious now. I'm just interested to see rock Island, you know, and how, or not rock Island rock Ridge and how yeah. they keep, how they keep progressing. Cause it's just, it seems like they have a lot of explosive pieces on that offense. And I, I want to kind of continue to watch that. So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely right. watching for them. And then finally, when we look at the Western big six, probably features the game of the week, at least in my mind, maybe yours too. Two teams that we've been talking about for the, at least the past three weeks, even in the preseason that we thought that would be teams at the top of this conference, teams that won the defending champion in Sterling and two, the team trying to get there, Rock Island. So both teams, three and oh, they're going to play this week. It's at Sterling high school. And, and what more can you want out of a game from Rock Island's dynamic offense against Mike LeMay's defense in Sterling? I mean, that, you know, um, it's, it's hard to even fathom what you're going to see because it's, it's just going to be awesome. I think. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. That's what I want to see. I want to see rock Island's offense go up against Sterling's defense. And I think vice versa, both teams are well-rounded both ways, but Sterling's defense has been standout performances week in and week out. And on the flip side, rock Island has been putting up big time numbers. So yeah. that's, that's where my head goes. Both teams, very good on both sides of the ball, but that is the matchup. And it's just, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. That's the game I'm definitely clued into. Yeah, because I think Sterling's only allowed two scores all season. But who, and who have they played? They played Quincy, they played Geneseo, and who did, did they play? They played Alleman. Yep. Alleman. And so, Alleman scored on the first drive of the game, and then Sterling shut him out after that. Yeah, so I, you know, and obviously no, no disrespect to those three teams. Maybe Sterling hasn't seen an offense like Rock Island yet. Yep. Um, maybe Rock Island hasn't seen a defense like Sterling yet. So Absolutely. again, that's 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 the game that you know. What more can you say? That's the game of the week for us. So be interesting yep. to see. Yeah, rounding out the conference, you've got Moline going against Galesburg. That's at Galesburg. Uh, you've got Quincy and Geneseo. That's a Saturday game. See if Geneseo can keep their winning ways going like they're accustomed to. Um, Alleman, who just came off that loss at Geneseo, they got to go to UT. Uh, like we talked about before, UT lost 47 in a row. Let's see if they can win two in a row. Uh, I think they can. I think they will. Um, but again, just rounding out again, it's, it's Rock Island and Sterling. That's the, the game of the week for me. Yeah, I think there's – what we've loved about this spring season is there's every conference, week in and week out, there's intriguing matchups. I want to see – Moline and Galesburg because Galesburg we've talked a lot about them but also like I think Moline is is still working through they're right there like I think that on any given night I think Moline can come through with a big win and you know looking down the list with uh, Geneseo and Quincy it's like if Geneseo can play hard-nosed football and keep Quincy close you know can they come away with a win because they're at home Quincy's got to travel to them you know so that Every week, man, the, the, it doesn't matter what the conference is. There's fascinating matchups, and it, the, it proves it plays itself out again this week. Well, and even going back to Moline, I, I, I wanted to mention this during the recap earlier of their game with UT. I think I saw they played something like 22 or 23 sophomores and juniors. So I don't know if that's by design or how, how much of that, how much of their starting offense, you know, is made up of that number. But goes to show that uh, something that we've talked about, maybe teams are doing that to get 
to get players involved, uh, get a couple extra games under their belt. So, um, again, you know, the season is, is many things, many good things, but it's hard to buy stock in certain teams just because you don't know what teams are going through or maybe what their strategy is. And I think Moline probably falls into that category. Yeah, I think the uh, what you're referencing was a tweet that I had saw too. Uh, Mike Morrissey had said, we started or played 11 sophomores and 10 juniors yeah. against United Township. So, yeah. and he, he wasn't doing it as any sort of excuse. I mean, no, he made reference no. that United Township played their butts off. Like they earned that win, you know, yeah. but I think he is, you know, pointing out the fact that he, he told me before the season started when we, when I interviewed him that, you know, this is a transition year. And of all things, this spring probably came this spring season of anything probably came at a good time for them because they were in that mm-hmm. transition mode. So there are some kids that are getting more experience in a shorter amount of time heading into the, into right. the fall. So yeah, I think that Moline is a work in progress. I think they got guys who are trying to figure things out at the varsity level, which mm-hmm. kind of goes back to the original point of they're going up against a very talented Galesburg team who has pieces, who has made things happen. But if you slip up a couple times, Moline's been in their games. They've been right. right there. They just, you know, the bounces didn't always go their way. So I, I just, any given Friday night, you know, the, things can happen. And I think that there's, there's wins out there for some of those teams like a Moline. So yeah, absolutely. Just a lot of exciting stuff. Well, Mitch, this wraps it up. We'll, uh, yep. we'll be in communication. We'll be watching some games via live streaming. Yep. Once again, man, credit to all the high schools all the athletic directors who are in charge of getting streaming services on YouTube yep. onto some of the other platforms that have been utilized. Cause it's been great. I mean, I, I, I would, you know, under normal circumstances, love to go to a game or two on a Friday night. That's not really the case right now. I'm, you know, I'm not able to get out as much as I would like right. to, to games. Right. This has made things remarkable. I mean, it, mm-hmm. to be able to live stream two games at the same time on a TV and a laptop or on my phone, even like it's been really cool. So credit to the people who made that happen. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and not even going that far, just schools and, and teams and coaches embracing so, social media, you know, like yep. being able to, to follow a game along rock Ridge is, is one that I would point out just because they do a good job of kind of doing scoring summaries I would say are scoring plays or at least big plays and so yep you know if I wanted to see how many touchdowns Brayden Deem had I just kind of got to scroll and count one two three you know four yep. five sometimes with with them <laughs> so um again and again shout out to all those those teams coaches who embrace social media not only to keep guys like us engaged but um, I'm sure the players like seeing that stuff too yep Absolutely. Well, Mitch, thank you so much once again for being here. To everybody listening, thank you so much. If you haven't already, download, subscribe. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Podbean or on Google. Uh, just search View from the West Podcast. Also, go out, find those uniform, uh, those uniform uni view debates, power rankings on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search View from the West Podcast. That's the best way to get the visual representation of all the uniforms we're talking about. There's other content there too, but you know, you can find it all there. So uh, Mitch, enjoy week four and we will be in touch next week. Sounds good. Can't wait. That'll do it for this week's episode of view from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. 
You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, viewfromwestpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.